What's up, everybody? This is the Quad with Chris Young. I'm Chris. We got Ryan from Miami. Lego my ego. Producer Josh. Hola. And Haley the Bear. Happy Cinco de Mayo. It is Cinco de Mayo. Margarita. We are we are doing a, a Tuesday podcast for you guys. And as someone pointed it out yesterday, uh, we've, we've got to be in some form of the Matrix because... Cinco de Mayo falls on a taco Tuesday and no one gets to have any fun with it because of a virus named after a Mexican beer. Yep. <sighs> totally ironic. <laughs> hey, there is nobody stopping you, Bear, Josh, or me from partaking in lots of margaritas today. And that's exactly <laughs> what we're going to do. Um, I, well, I do have a lot of work to get done today, actually. Uh, I've got a co-write after we do this and then I've got a thing I'm, I'm doing with a, a hockey player from the NHL that I got to do. So I, I I have to at least wait until a little bit later to Got a big baller over here, you know. Slamming margaritas. Yeah. How many commissario <laughs> margaritas we have in tonight, guys? Oh, now that's happening for sure. All okay. Of, we're having yeah, all of all them. of the commissario tequila, all of it. There'll be none of it left in Nashville by the end of this. Dang. I got to prepare uh, myself. <laughs> And as usual, I was laughing at something that started before we uh, began the quad because Ryan is actually eating an Eggo waffle. Legit. While we're doing this. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Do they let you do that on air? Um, no, but <laughs> the professionalism I a, is... I have, a, I have a little bit more leeway with you guys. It's a very high yeah. bar today. <laughs> no. I'm jealous. I'm hungry, too. This is the Since last bite. Here, way. let me finish this bite, and then we, then we can keep going. Oh my god! Uh, I'm good now. <laughs> Unbelievable. He's the tired. amount of crunch on that thing was actually kind of impressive. I I do um, have to say that. My secret is, I don't put syrup on it. I put honey on it. Okay. Oh, no, no syrup. No, do put syrup on your no waffle. honey. Uh, honey is healthier. Peanut butter is really good on on eggos too. And pancakes. Everyone hates me when I do Man, that. I, you know what? See, I I just like actual fruit. Like oh. like putting like blueberries or so I put peanut butter and bananas. Eggos. You can get blueberry egos, but I meant actual fruit, not whatever the hell that is. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell me all day long that that's real blueberries in there, but it's not. That's like the special K breakfast cereal that's got real strawberries in it. It's like I yeah, actually, they really used to be strawberries before you did whatever the hell you did to you them. Dehydrated. I them actually until. have cereal with real strawberries in it at home right now, so it says. Okay. Well, this is a, a very exciting beginning to the Quad <laughs> Podcast. I hope you're all Thank hungry. Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, I hope everybody's hungry and now wants a margarita. But you know what? It's it's uh, Cinco de Mayo. We are happy to be hanging out with you guys. We've got a bunch of stuff to get to. And let's go ahead and start with movies. Let's do that today. Movies. So we get to talk about something that we have talked about every week. And it is just exciting as hell to me. I, I love talking about The Last Dance. I love this documentary and evidently they're like editing it as they go. Like it's, it's not done yet. You know, it's 10 oh. episodes and they're evidently still working on like episodes 10, 10 so is the one they're still working oh, on. So they're still working on the very, very, the last, very last one. Yeah. Isn't it's like two weeks away, right? Yeah. Yeah. Aren't we on seven? Next week will be seven. Next week will be seven, eight. Be seven okay, eight. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's just so crazy that they're putting this out. And I, I was talking with you guys about this yesterday, right before we had tech issues and we had to kind of punt and move to doing this on a Tuesday. 
and Ryan, this is right about the point we lost you. <laughs> I did you guys look. I did you guys a favor. We all wanted to do a Cinco de Mayo pod anyway, and so I just decided to hit a power button by accident and screw everything up so we could do it today. <laughs> but it, it's so crazy to me that people, and I've talked to a couple people that have said this now. They're waiting until the end so they can binge watch it. I That's- love the fact that this is finally for the first time, and I don't know how long. Something that happens once a week, every week, and everybody wants to talk about it the next day. It happens on Sunday, every week. You get to watch it. You get to catch up. If you miss part of an episode, they play all the earlier ones before it. Mm -hmm. You can do kind of a countdown. I had it on in my house in the background, just letting the first four episodes play before we get to five and six. And it's amazing. I, I love it. Even if this is something that you're just rehashing, like if you're a little bit older, uh, than we are, and and this is something that you remember really, really well, it, you still get to kind of relive it and go through all these high points. And just it, it's a reminder of how amazing those Bulls teams were and how amazing Jordan is. Yeah. Yeah. When was I was trying to think when the last time we had like program viewing where you had to be there live and maybe it was Game of Thrones on Sundays. Was that the last one? Probably. Well, I mean, there's very rare amount of people doing it now, but like even for me, normally I wait for my shows that I watch to come out on Netflix after the whole season's over so I can binge watch but them. But that's what I'm talking about. This is the first thing in a long time where people actually want to be there right when it happens. Oh, and yeah. It's like a, a scheduled watch for everybody. And I think you're right, Josh. I think Game of Thrones is probably the last one. that was. Yeah, like that was that. the last one where like Monday morning people would be like, did you watch it last night? Did yeah. we do this? Yeah, I, I do like it. I mean, it also is 55 days since we've had a sporting event on television. So I think there's just a lot of people <laughs> starved for sports right now. And who cares if we're watching the 96, 97, 98 Bulls? Doesn't matter. It's sports and we're getting to watch. I mean, let's be honest. That practice game for the Dream Team? <laughs> oh, the Monte Carlo game? I could watch that. That is probably better than 90% of the NBA games that have actually happened. I'm, grainy terrible footage where you can barely see them on the court doesn't matter i'll watch it in its entirety absolutely well and that's a that's a legendary game like that footage was sealed for so long because they didn't want to talk about how much trash was being talked and, from magic to jordan and forgive me it, didn't you say in our our group for the quad didn't you uh, actually text all of us that this was like the pg version like they he, they didn't even show some of the real stuff no it got really really nasty between mostly magic and, and jordan that was like the it was the squaring off and the passing of the torch between those two magic was like the 80s going into the 90s and this is jordan sort of taking over and claiming his throne and it got real bad all right can i and I may get in a whole lot of trouble for saying this, but it's always interesting how some people uh, can get away with things, especially in sports, that other players, for whatever reason, maybe because they're not as beloved, maybe because they aren't looked at as that level of star, they something it just doesn't translate. Does it seem like to anyone else... And even in that game, the Monte Carlo game, where Magic is saying, you know, he's kind of playing up the fact that, oh, I guess this is how it is now. If I barely even get touch, you know, barely get close to Michael, it's a foul. Yeah. Anybody else see a lot of similarities in the way Jordan would work to get fouled with, and obviously a much different era, no hand checking and, and everything like that, but James Harden? 
It's a lot closer. Yeah. That like was the way that he goes feeling. to the basket. Yeah. I and I'd forgotten that. I'd forgotten that he that there was one of the games that they were talking about. I don't think it was in episode five or six. I think it was like three three or four. Um, where they're talking about Jordan shot like 16 free throws in a game. And it, it it just reminds me a lot of the way that James Harden would sacrifice his body to get to the foul line. And the way that he would attack. Mm-hmm. That's that's the similarity. They would both attack the rim in the same way. They would look and, at the mismatch and go, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go take this right now. And before that, it was Dwayne Wade who was the one who was reckless and oh, put Lord. his body on the line. I <laughs> uh, just, just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, remember, stand, you know, fall down seven times, stand up eight. I, I, meant, I meant more the, the amount of hatred and vitriol that, that James Harden gets for it now. And everybody's like, he's ruining the game. And I was, I, I was just interested because there is a, a, a little bit of a similarity there i do have a question for all of you though because now we've watched we're what six episodes in to uh the last dance and obviously we can't wait for the other four at this point there are a couple of villains in this series jerry Krause, tony kukoc isaiah thomas i don't know if i'm forgetting another one here see Who i don't do think f- i don't think tony kukoc is a villain yeah. I, I actually thought that uh and and correct me if i'm wrong Everybody else other than Ryan, since Ryan's trying to paint Tony, uh, Tony, what was it, Kukach? What they, what they were Kukach. calling him? Let me, let me rephrase this then. Let me rephrase this. Well, no, no, no. Who I agree you? with you. Krauss and Isaiah are painted as villains. Like, straight up, they are the people that you're supposed to dislike, which if you actually saw where, and I know I'm taking over your take, Ryan. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's cool. Go ahead. I, I'm hijacking I'll, it. I'll clear the runway for you. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, Your show. <laughs> It was really um, one of the things that I thought was telling is when Ken Burns was talking about this documentary, who Ken Burns is like the guy of documentaries. He is the guy. He he did the big country music one that was on uh, in partnership with PBS that took him like 10 years of gathering footage. Like this is the guy that does that. And he was saying he didn't like this one because you could feel Jordan's hand on it so much because he has that amount of control into this thing. And I think exactly what you're talking about. There are certain points of this where it is Jerry Krause's bad guy. Isaiah Thomas, bad guy. Yeah, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like kid. Tony Kukos got that. No. I feel like Tony Kukos got stepped on I by I know, I feel bad jo- for him. I felt bad who, for Kukos. <laughs> who do you feel worse for? Do you feel worse for Isaiah Thomas, who looks like got basically boxed out of the dream team and is getting crapped on? Although Jordan did give him some love and said he's the second best point guard he's ever seen behind Magic. Do you feel worse for him? Do you feel worse for Krause, who, by the way, can't even defend himself because he's not alive right now? Or do you feel bad for Tony Kukoc, who had no business he just had no idea what was coming, just to freight train his way between Jordan and Pippen. Who do you feel worse for so far? Tony. Six episodes in. Damn, I don't feel bad for Jerry Krause at all. I feel bad for Jerry Krause a little bit. Nope. Yeah, I do too. This is a guy who too. built incredible teams that won championships, and he kind of just is the scape. He did some some bad stuff too and broke up a no team question. that didn't need to have, to have broken up. But this dude like was shrewd enough to get 
Pippin under contract for no money, basically, and piece a lot of really good people around Jordan for many, many years. Made some tough trades. Remember when they got rid of, uh, of Outlaw and brought in, you know, Rodman? That was a controversy. I mean, he, uh, Horace Grant, you know, I mean, there were some, there's some controversial, uh, you know, moves that he made here that, uh, that I just don't think he gets a lot of credit for. Remember, all he wanted was just to be like hugged and embraced and loved. He just wanted to be a guy yeah, on the team. He wanted to be a part of it. That's not and he how wasn't- you go about it. You don't, Take it out on everyone. When I see the mental thing behind him is like, I giveth and I taketh kind of thing behind him. I guess for me, Jerry Krause is the guy that just wanted to be recognized for the stuff that he did. He had done all these amazing things as a GM. Found Phil Jackson too. I mean, he plucked him out of nowhere. Yeah, but here's, here's the problem. The things that get seen when you were the GM of the team, you're not one of the players. You're not the coach. And he couldn't understand why everyone got all the love and he is the GM did not get any of that. And the the problem is, is you're going to be the last one that, that gets thanked. That, that is the way your job works. So you have to wait. And instead, it just seems like he got his feelings hurt and was like, well, now I'm going to show you guys that you need me or I'm going to I'm going to break up the team. And I think that's why he was so hated and got booed when he got intro at Bulls games. I mean, we we forget about it now. People remember not liking him, but as we've been watching this, he and really and truly has has been even more villainized than he was then because it's just like reminding people this guy wanted to break up the best team that you have ever seen in sports, mm-hmm. and he was like. Uh, time for them to go. But isn't that the same thing we praise Belichick for every year? It is, and that, but that's the thing. He's a coach. He's not the GM. Okay, here. All right. So next, it's Danny Ainge doing that and getting rid of Paul Pierce, KG, and sending them to the Brooklyn Nets, which has basically created this whole new Celtics dynasty that's happening right now. What dynasty? Oh, yeah, that was such a great <laughs> trade for Boston. Come on, man. What he dynasty? Uh, Eastern Conference Finals two years ago to a Game Seven, barely barely lost to LeBron. Wait, where's where's the title? It's coming. <laughs> I, yeah, you can say that about any team ever. Like, I could d- sit here and go, I love the Cowboys. They're, next year, Super Bowl or bust. That That's a little... Is it? Di- yeah, Is that's it? a little different. Is the, it? The Boston Celtics are arguably the second best team in the East right now. I Okay. It's coming. There's the words, <laughs> the words you know of what? Josh Gleave on the Boston Celtics victory parade. It's coming. Wow. All right. Well, Boston, there you go. You have your champion. Um, <laughs> I, I will say another thing that I just wanted to point out. The Bulls defeated the Lakers in 91, and this popped up as like a text on screen in the middle of one of these. Only three franchises had won back-to-back at that point. Yeah. In 91, before the Bulls did it. Was it back-to-back or was it three in a row? Back to back. back well, to back. no, no. Only three franchises had ever won back to back titles. Yeah. And Lakers and Celtics. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. And it was no team had won three back to backs, right? Yeah. That's just crazy to me to think about it. Like that, that it was that heavily weighted where it was the Pistons, the Celtics, and the Lakers, I think, were the only teams that had ever won back to back finals. Yep. yep. Hmm. I feel bad for Clyde Drexler. God, he just got he just got shoved into a corner and couldn't do nothing about it. He little Jordan literally pooed all over 
Clyde he Drexler. pooed. <laughs> oh my. Well, and the hard part too is if you look back at that uh, Trailblazers finals, like Drexler played well. He was like 28 a game. It's just Jordan was 32 a game. Listen, historian, all anyone remembers is the shrug, and that's all we care about. Just the. <laughs> Old day state. before hanging out with magic playing cards saying i'm gonna embarrass that dude and what does jordan do that's all and, and again you're saying that's all anyone remembers and a lot of this is are we looking at what truly happened or are we looking at kind of revisionist like revisionist history a little bit i think so i think i think we we glamorized the the idea of jordan more than some of the details of jordan okay does anyone feel bad for jordan from from like uh, I think it was episode six, where he starts talking about basically every single day, from the minute he walked out of his room, everybody wanted his time. No, no. you don't feel bad for him at all. Yeah, where were the camera phones back then? Where was the Twitter and the social media? And this, come on, Jordan, give yes. me a break. It was easier then than it is for. This is a legitimate question. Now. I'm yeah. I'm asking. I think because I'm not allowed to answer this, I don't think. Just that with the sure. amount of no, you can abstain. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I have to to kind of back away from from giving an opinion. There, uh, I am not a famous <laughs> celebrity. Yeah, this is my so, point. It's like so, yeah. Yeah, I, even the 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 minimal level that I can relate to that, I don't feel like I am allowed to answer. Being that I've been a public figure and in the public eye in any way, shape and form. So it's like, and not even anywhere close to that. This is the most famous man on the planet. Yeah. In the, in the absolute world. Um, yeah. I, as a non-public figure, I feel as though you do make some sort of social contract with your fame. Um, there is a trade off with that a little bit. It is probably not fair to the extent that it happens and the isolation that has to happen in those ways. But there is, I agree with Josh in the sense of like you, this is what you wanted to do. That's what's going to come with it. But in a sense, like there's still, you're still a human and there's personal boundaries. There's nothing that really prepares you for that though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yes, it's what you want to do and, and it comes with the territory, but there's, there's still nothing that prepares you for that. By the way, can we just give a shout out? Uh, I do honestly, I feel bad for a lot of people uh, in this series. I really feel bad for Adidas because Jordan's mom just, just <laughs> I mean, just Adidas could have been taken to another level. And then here comes, you know, Mrs. Jordan and, and now, you know, Adidas is just, uh, you know, just low on the totem pole. And here's, here's Nike and Air Jordan. You know, God, this one conversation, convince them to get on the plane. You know, Jordan wanted to be with Adidas. And, and here comes Mama and, and changed history. All I got to say is right when that happened, I text my mom. I was like, hey, remember all the really great business advice you give me over the years? This just reminds me of all that. <laughs> All right. Oh. Well, let's move on. And I, I do want to talk about a, an actual movie, seeing as I text you about this, Bear, and you watch this. And I don't know how much I want to give away. Like, we, we try to be spoiler-free, and this is a movie that popped up that I believe was supposed to be in theaters this year. I don't know. I don't know how you found this movie. Release. The one thing I can say, it is bleeped up. <laughs> this movie you, is bleeped up. I just bleeped myself because it is taking a lot for me to refrain from saying that word because that, that's how this movie is. It is bleeped up. It's very, very different. It's very weird. Uh, just, just pulling it up. If you, if you go to Google this, um, technically it was 2019. So well, we I guess didn't this say was, the name of the movie. This has been out. Yeah, it's it's Vivarium, and uh, it's a sci-fi mystery film. Is how they. 
they term what it is. 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, people like it. But it's uh, it's very, very different as far as it, it is pretty much centered around three characters the whole time. Yeah, I guess. Mainly I, two, but. Yeah, I, w- I would say like when I was watching it, it is very, I guess, stagnant in it. And it's very one level throughout until you get to the one part that just sends it over the edge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jesse Eisenberg in this film is incredible. Oh, and, so, and by the way, so is Imogen Poots. She's awesome in, in her role. And uh, I think it, well, I guess it was released. It says it did 123000 at the box office. So this was obviously like a small. Limited release. Like limited release. But if you're looking for something to just creep you out, it is, this is the, the, one thing that I'll be able to say, because I don't want to give anything away. Uh, first of all, I will say watch the very first scene because it kind of hints at the movie as a whole. Yeah. Very. You're going, what the hell is this? What's going on? Yeah. So put your phone down. Actually pay attention. Yeah. You got to watch this one, guys. Don't don't be like, hey, I've I've Cinco de mayo and I've Cinco de Drinko'd. <laughs> and uh, now I'm going to put something on TV. This is not the one to do because one, it might give you nightmares. And two, you need to pay attention. But it says, hoping to find the perfect place to live. A couple travel to a suburban neighborhood in which all of the houses look identical. But when they try to leave the labyrinth-like development, each road mysteriously takes them back to where they started. Yeah, and you know, I didn't even realize it was sci-fi until way later in the movie. It takes a minute. Yes. It takes a minute to get there. And I again, I'm saying this is not a movie that I would have sought out unless I was just scrolling through looking for something that I hadn't seen that was new. But it was really well done. And and it is definitely like an air of suspense the entire time you're watching this film. So if you want to get... Like turn the lights off and get good and creeped out. This is this is a good the whole one. time you're just like, what's going on? Like, what is going on behind and their idea in this movie? And I was like, totally blown away when it, it gets to that point in the movie, and you're just like, what mm-hmm. the? Mm. I'm the sorry, sidewalk. who wants yes. who wants yeah. to turn the lights off and get good and creeped out? Um, is that a thing? Do people do that? Do you like turning lights off and getting good and creeped out? Well, no, that, thank you. I always do. I Man. love scary movies. I Ryan. will turn the lights off. I don't care. I love scary movies. I was watching them by myself. Ryan <laughs> just made it weird. <laughs> what? Do you not, do you I, not like scary movies? You know this about me. I don't like scary movies very much. I fell asleep in a movie with you. It was Spider Man. That was scary. <laughs> that was good. So wait. Hold up. <laughs> I, I fell asleep in a movie. First of all, you just made it sound like we went on a date. Um, second of all. <laughs> It was not a scary film. It's scary. It was really. It was a really romantic evening. I mean, there was sushi involved, and then a movie. I fell asleep during the movie. It Wait, was, was it this um, Into the Spider Verse? Yes, dude. <laughs> and it's an amazing That's movie. One of the best ones. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorite Spider-Man films. Period of all time. Even though it's I know, animated. You, you you all were making fun of me. Oh my Wait, god. Wait, Ryan went to that one. Yes. I thought that was just me, you, and Tony. No, Ryan was there. No, I was there. I just was sleeping. Oh, my bad. I forgot you were there. <laughs> well, he didn't really make me I did too. Oh, man. All right. So we've done movies today. Let's uh, let's move on to sports. <laughs> sports! Since we already talked a little bit about sports in our, our movie section, Rye, do you want to go ahead and um, have a little moment right here? 
Yeah, I just want to, uh, just in remembrance of, uh, of Don Shula, who passed away yesterday uh, at the age of 90 years old, uh, arguably, and I, I don't even think there is an argument to be had here, the greatest coach in NFL history, 374 career wins. Um, you know, I mentioned this uh, in, in the past. You know, Bill Belichick would, would have to win uh, 10 or more games, I think, for six more seasons just to get close. To, to his record. Um, this was another astounding stat. You love our stat of the day, right? From uh, an ode to our favorite show. Um, Don Shula could go 0-16 for the next 10 years and still have a winning record. Wow. Dang. 0-16 for the next decade and still have a winning record. That's, That's how good he was. That's impressive. Also a great man and, and a great ambassador and really put South Florida sports on the map. So rest in peace, Coach Shula. Uh, you'll be missed. And the Dolphins have not been to an AFC championship game since you left. So <laughs> you just had to throw that in. Yeah, Yikes. just slide that on in there, don't you? Well, rest in peace. And I, I know a lot of people uh, still, you know, when the, the stat that you just brought up, I, I've had so many people go, you know, we're, regardless of what era you were brought into the sports world, uh, Don Shula is still going to be one of those people that is remembered to a lot of people as the best coach ever. And, you know, everybody talks about Belichick now with the history in, in the NFL of what he's done. But it, for a lot of people, it is forever, will always be Don Shula. I think a lot of us are prisoners prisoners of the moment and, and when we see Belichick and the Patriots and what they're doing. But again, it's kind of like looking in retrospect on Michael's career. I think a lot of people are starting to do that on Don Shula now and how great he truly was. Mm-hmm. All right, so i got a couple things that, that I want to get to in sports, which, you know what, the one thing that I do love about this period of time is as much as everybody is, uh, whether you're in an area of the country that's starting to open things up again or whether you are still uh, on, on staying at home and, and trying to flatten the curve where you are, it is pretty crazy the amount of information we are still getting for sports, whether it is through that documentary that we were just talking about or whether it is through any of the crazy things that are happening currently. Bear, I just got to go with you and, and just get your honest reaction. What do you think about the Bears not picking up Trubisky's <laughs> fifth year option? <laughs> what was that noise? You I don't know. I think it was a, a, yeah, it was a bear noise. Um, I th- is so that excitement? That was excitement because, you know, they've been <laughs> – Sticking by him, and regardless of what, you know, some people are like, they coddled him. Some people are like, they're still going to try. It doesn't matter. Regardless, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option. They actually went forth with saying there's going to be a competition for the quarterback position, and without a doubt, I'm almost 100% positive that Foles is going to get it. I mean, there's Trubisky's just not there. He has not lived up to what he was supposed to do. We all know now what we had to do to get him, and we could have had Mahomes. We or, didn't. Or Watson. You know. Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> but so there is still a part of me because Pace, I, I really feel like he's going to look for any excuse to try, still try and stand by him, even though they're doing this competition. They didn't pick up the fifth year. Give him one good game or practice. And they're going to be like, nope, he's still good, guys. We still got him. So part of me is really, really happy, but I'm still going to leave that sliver of disappointment for <laughs> what actually happens and what they follow through with. I think that's smart because Foles got hurt last season. So if he's one injury away from them putting Trubisky back in. Yeah. So again, as much as they did not pick him up for this fifth year option, thank gosh, 
But like I said, there's still that little sliver of what the heck are they actually going to do when it comes down to it? Yeah, I mean, you could have had, you know, Christian McCaffrey or Patrick (laughs) Holmes or Deshaun Watson or, uh, you know, any of these guys that, you know, turned into some pretty good players. But instead, um, we don't have a good draft history. I get it. Okay. (sighs) Alvin Cook, Buda Baker. Ryan? Juju Smith-Schuster yeah. went in the second round. Oh, man. O.J. Howard, too. Alvin Kamara went in the third round. You know, at okay. least we got Khalil Mack. At least you have, like, seven tight ends on your team now. Uh, Ten. Okay, wait a minute. Ten. We're moving on now. <laughs> We're moving on. No more. Okay, so, uh, yeah, there you go, Bears fans. Um, just, uh, hit the bear noise one more time. Let's just go. <laughs> There's, that's the entire franchise right now. George <laughs> Kittle went in the fifth round. <laughs> Another tight end. Another tight end, yeah. Oh, you know. Maybe the 11th would have been the charm. That is amazing. I can't wait till I see you again, Ryan. <laughs> so, You know anyway. what I'm going to do? I'm going to make you a jersey with all of these guys' names on the back of it. Like the Browns like, jersey for quarterback? Yeah. 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 Hey, Ryan. I'm just going to, it's going to be the number two for who, where Mitch was drafted. Ryan, and then just all those bomb? guys' names. You're going to get one mailed to you. Okay. That's- it's a threat. That's, that is, a, that's a threat. That's a threat. We need to back away from this. This is not that kind of show, Haley. <laughs> it's a Everybody Calm down. Everybody calm down. I I will say I find it interesting, and I also think that Nick Foles is going to be able to succeed in that system. I do too. Like that's the system he's actually built to play. It's more like what the Eagles were running as compared to Jacksonville, which is just not at all. Like that that was Jacksonville going. We need a good quarterback. Let's go grab this guy that was great. But that's not the system that he ran at all. So I I think that's going to be really good. I also want to say for my team, you know, I have to bring this up being a Cowboys fan, that I think the signing of Andy Dalton is great. And not because, and I've seen a lot of people go, well, now, you know, this puts pressure on Dak to get his deal done. I don't think it does. I think this is just a a case of having a great backup because they're going, they're trying to win right now. Yep. The Cowboys are Red not. Red rocket. They're not building over time. They want to win mm-hmm. this year or next year. They really do. And so you look at a, a lot of the way that their team is structured and the way that the cap hits are going to affect everything. We We have to win soon. Yeah, you have, and, a, you have about a two-year window right now before it becomes unmanageable from a money standpoint. Yeah, before we're going to kind of have to or you reset. Have to cr- or you have to crush the next two drafts so much that like... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I do like the draft that we did this year. I yep. really do. Yep. I, I, we were getting a lot of, uh, you know, B minuses and, and C grades from the quote-unquote draft gurus, which kind of pissed me off a little bit because it's like... I, well, you needed more help at safety. Well, that's great, except we had the chance to get CeeDee Lamb, and we just lost our slot receiver. So the fact that we got a guy that can play X, Y, or Z and can play on the outside as well as playing in the slot and is one of the top prospects in a wide receiver heavy draft, I'm glad we took him. And then we got some some help on the defense later on, and we got possibly a replacement uh, on our offensive line, which we needed. So, hey, remember in that same 2017 draft when you uh, you guys selected Taco Charlton in the first round? 
You mean the new Kansas City Chief, Char- Taco Charlton? Is he on the Kansas City Chiefs now? They, they just signed him. Oh, man. I only I'm wanted sorry. to say his name just because it's Taco Tuesday. And so I had to bring up <laughs> on Cinco de Mayo Taco Charlton and that terrible draft pick by the Cowboys back in 2017. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't even know if it's a terrible draft pick, but yeah, it was. It was just not a good one. He And he's never panned out anywhere he's gone. Everybody sees something in him skill wise, and they just haven't managed to maximize it yeah crack the code on on whatever it is and you know that's 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 a a human being we're talking about so you know something's there everybody keeps seeing something so i hope uh i hope kansas city is where he figures it out we'll see no are they seeing the same thing that the bears see in trubisky because they ain't cracked that either i was about to say (laughs) (laughs) you know that's a human being he has feelings you think i care (laughs) no Oh man. I have feelings too, and guess what? They get crushed every year. Hey, all right, Haley, what every is the Sunday, USWNT? The women's soccer league. Okay. Soccer it, it, league? Soccer league? <laughs> or the team? team? Yeah. I honestly thought it was a typo. I was reading it as a typo when you sent that. I, I was bringing up one of the things that we want to discuss in sports, and, and not because I'm particularly on either side of it, but just to kind of look at it from that 30,000 foot view of, okay, this is the lay of the land a little bit. And I, I text everybody, we should discuss the the legal decision that was brought forth against the USWNT. And Haley had no idea what that was. I genuinely, I was reading all of it and I was reading it as a typo. I wasn't reading it as an abbreviation. I was like, what did he mean to say? Because it said that and then dash legal thing or something like that. And I was like, huh? It's like, I really didn't understand that that was an abbreviation. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So uh, the, the women's national team, uh, they got dealt a, a little bit of a blow in their lawsuit against the soccer league here in the U.S. And basically they were they were trying to sue for three different things. One, they were saying that their transportation was subpar to the men's team. Two, they were saying that their training facilities and their access to facilities was subpar to the men's team. And then three, and their most important was that they were being paid less. And I'm paraphrasing, so someone please stop me if I'm getting this wrong. The The judge basically struck down the third one, which was the big thing that they were going after. I think they were going after like 60 plus million. Yeah. Um, 66 million in uh, damages. Thank you. Um, so it, it, they were basically trying to say that they had not been paid the same amount as the men. And the judge actually ruled not just against them. He was like, no, in fact, based upon this period of time and based upon number of games, like in specific games, if we broke it down to that, you guys have been paid more than the men. And he was like, basically the judge said that the way that they had gone about restructuring their contracts was the reason that they had recently not been paid as much as the men, because when the men's team went and, renegotiated they basically took more risk into into the way that they were being paid they said if we don't play then we don't get paid and if we do then we do and that's not the way that their contract is structured am i am i getting this right ryan i'm trying to give like the simplest description you, you of gave an an amazing synopsis of what's been going on that was actually on point and accurate so it's it's confusing because you know you see all of the stuff on socials where it's just back and forth and uh, of course, each side is going to, you know, represent their side as this, the altruistic right of, of what is supposed to happen 
not not just the women either. Like the 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 U.S. soccer, uh, like it, the the head of the U.S. soccer team was like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that was exactly the way that I would have uh, come out and, and said it. If I was him, I would have just been like, oh, well, this is what the judge wanted to do, but. It, it's it's very interesting, and it's something that's going to be ongoing for a while. And they're saying that uh, the USWT is saying they are going to appeal. Correct? I think so. Yeah. Correct. Yes, they are. They are appealing. Um, they uh, what they're asking for is equal pay. I don't. And you know, regardless of where you fall on this issue, um, they are going to continue to fight for equal pay and feeling that they deserve to make what the men make. And personally, I agree with that. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I understand where people are going. Uh, you know, it, it has to be based off what you make. But if if you do that, <laughs> it's kind of going to come down to. I mean, the women's team is a lot better than the men's team. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they, are. So, yeah, I, they they do need to figure this out. I, I I feel like it it shouldn't. There should not be any sort of disparity between those two teams. How about we just pay them based on recent performance? How's that sound? Or championships. I was going to say, that's going to get expensive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Well, they will figure it out, but uh, just kind of updating everybody on that because, you know, when it comes to sports, you have to talk about some of that stuff. So Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to continue to watch that, and we'll keep an eye on it for sure. Uh, Let's go to music. Music. (laughs) Normally, I'm looking at the thing that tells me which button is which, and then, like, I just... I'm sure my face was just pure panic. I, first of all, I I just wish for the first time that this was truly a visual medium as well because Josh, just pure panic, like fear face. You did not know what button did what. Nope. Did uh, did you poop down the leg a little bit there, buddy? You okay? I wish. Why are we bringing poop back into the conversation? That's the second time. Yeah. It was an easy segue. It was an easy, easy segue. Easy. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so it, for music today, I, I wanted to kind of continue on the trend of going uh, a specific song or a specific album, whether it was we've been going, you know, year of your birth, day of your birth. Now I just wanted to go to you guys and get your your honest opinion because when we were discussing all that, we were going, does this album fit you? Does this song fit you? Does it feel like you? I want to know what your favorite album of all time is. This is the hardest question ever. Because I, as soon as you said that, I had like multiple albums that popped into my head. Like I listen to these front to back nonstop. They never get old and I love them. And I but you can only pick one I, favorite album of all time. Okay. Wait, am I going first? Now? Yeah. I mean, you might as well. You jumped in. Oh, okay. Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. Really? Yep. Wow. That is not what I expected from that, you. It was, sir, I would have lost all of my money if I had gambled on that. You don't understand. Like I've been jamming to that album since I could remember. It's a great album. That yeah. yeah. I just I wow. didn't see that coming based on all of your music choices for the last three months. <laughs> this is I'm, these aren't songs. Like it's a whole album of music that I just again listened to back to back, and every song on there she just poured all of her emotions that raged her, made her sad that between her company or it just everything just was perfect in that album and i loved it even the little secret song at the very very end all right i just wow my my mind is blown right now i i'm i'm with you ryan if you would uh, wow what album i'm curious now what album anything other than that that (laughs) i just would not have gone 
Wow. Wow. Yeah, I could okay. I don't even know what my answer would have been for you otherwise, but it just wasn't that one. <laughs> well, there you go. I was actually listening to a couple of those songs uh, yesterday. So, well, I know mine, and it, because I get this question a lot with you know being an artist. So, for me, this is never a question. L.A. to Miami, Keith Whitley, and you know, for a lot more reasons than just. I listened to this record a lot, or it was the first album that I ever took my own money and went to a store and purchased it, which shows how old I am. Sure. But it's, dude, Miami, Miami is on there. I've got the heart for you. I get the picture. On the other hand, 10 feet away, nobody in his right mind would have left her. Homecoming 63, Quitting Time, all of those songs were on that Those are all really good songs. Huge, huge songs. And I just love that album, love Keith Whitley. And, you know, that was one of the reasons that I was so excited to be on RCA, which just celebrated over the weekend 14 years on one label. So that's crazy. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. Dude, it, it it was awesome to be able to, to think about that, that it's been that long that I've been in one place. And, you know, one of the reasons that I was so excited to sign with RCA specifically was because that's where Keith Whitley was. Mm -hmm. And so... That, that's my favorite album of all time. Like, if I had to go with one, I can't cheat and pick, like, a box set or something Ryan. like that. Ryan. That, yeah, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> Beatles. No, oh, no. I'm, now I'm, that's I'm, what I call music 32. I don't, we don't want that. Get the hell out of here with that. All right, Josh, go ahead. <laughs> that actually would have been a good answer. I should, I should have thought about that. Um, yeah, so it, it has to be a record that you're not going to skip a single song. It has to be a record that means something to you, that the songs mean something to you. This was tough for me because it comes down to two records. And the runner-up was... Oh, uh, see, here you go throwing out multiple. <clears throat> August and Everything After by the Counting Crows, my favorite band of all time. But the album for me that checks all of those boxes is John Mayer's Continuum. I, I knew it. Why did I know record. it was going to be John Mayer? And it's it a great just, record. There's not a bad song on there at all. Ryan, is that yours? Yes, I can see the look <laughs> on his face right now. Oh, you guys have the same favorite record. That's why we're buddies. That's why our heartstrings are entwined like guitar strings, you know? <laughs> we both hate scary Actually, movies. We both listen to Continuum. Ryan, we're basically the same person. Ryan, if your guitar strings were entwined, they wouldn't make any noise. <laughs> Just want to point that out. He's new. It's okay. He's, he'll get it. I'm getting this music thing as I go, you know, <laughs> the sports I got down, the, you're talking on a microphone, that's a piece of cake. This, I, yeah. I'm i with you on that one, right? I, I actually told Josh this story earlier. So um, I love this Continuum album. It is my favorite. I'll let Josh finish in one second, but I was telling him this story I'm earlier. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. finish Continuum is the best album so, of all time. So <laughs> John Mayer's Live in Birmingham, I had that DVD. I used to watch it and I would just watch him just shred these guitar solos. And I was so inspired. I went out and I bought a guitar and I bought the Guitar for Dummies book. You remember those, those books? And for three days, I spent hours trying to play this guitar while watching this DVD. And I got so frustrated because it didn't sound like John Mayer that I gave up and quit after three days playing guitar. I've been playing guitar for 30 years. It still doesn't sound like John Mayer. <laughs> Same. Just throwing that out there for you, Ryan. Don't give up. Don't give up on your dreams. 
All right, I'll come take lessons from you, buddy, and then I'll then I'll get back. Then <laughs> I'll get back. Don't do uh, that. <laughs> just just tell me like the one song you want to learn by him, and I'll teach it to you. All right, I'll get I'll get lessons from Kevin. How's All right. That Wait a minute. Hold wow, on. I I, like I own an electric guitar. When, who's going to give me lessons? So that's it for music. Oh, really? yeah, no, 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 no. Let's go to the Let's hot see. take. Let's oh, go to the hot take. No, I think I think we need to give Continuum its love. Josh, I need you to tell me your favorite song on that album. Uh, my favorite song is uh, Stop This Train. And it wasn't my favorite. It was wow. My favorite was uh, I Don't Trust Myself with Loving You for the longest time. But Stop This Train is a brilliantly written song. It is a beautiful song. Ugh, it crushes. It pulls all the heartstrings at once. Wow. It is, it is so well written. So scared of getting older. I'm only good at being young. So I play the numbers game to find a way to say that life has just begun. This song is written so well, but to me, my favorite song on this album is probably gravity just for the guitar solos on it. The weight of that song, um, Every time it comes on, it's one of those you just launch into an air guitar where you're trying to play along. Uh, it just puts you in your feels. But every song on this album, top to bottom, you listen to without skipping the track. And that, to me, is the sign of one of the greatest albums of all time. Agreed. Hot take. Hot take! You're not going to do nope. it today? Nope. <laughs> It's freaking Cinco de Mayo, dude. Come, Come on. on. <laughs> <laughs> is that better? Sure, that's better. Okay. The hot take is mine today. And I think this is something that got started with you. Correct. Josh, we were, we were discussing movies made in a 24-hour period. So, like, it, movies that all occur in one day. Yep. Uh, and you actually guessed like three movies for mine. I got yours immediately. Yeah, you did. I knew what yours was going to be. And you've guessed a couple things and you have not gotten mine. Do you have a guess at what you think mine would be bear? The breakfast club. Okay. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. Ryan. Ferris Bueller's day off. No, although that is a great movie and it does occur all in one day. I, I thought of what the other one might be, do but, you, but I'm going to let you, I'm yeah, going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. Groundhog Day. Ah, oh, I was going to say that next. Bill Murray, Groundhog Day. However, you see the day before in the movie, you see the same day a whole bunch of times, and you see the day after. You see the same day a bunch of times, and you don't see the day after. You see the morning after when he wakes up and his alarm hasn't gone off. Right, the next day. No. That's February 3rd. No. That's my birthday. No. It's a 24-hour period. I don't know about that. Yeah, I do. I don't know about that. That movie takes place in one day. It is centered around Groundhog Day. If you type that into your phone right now on the internet, it will pull up a list of movies. That movie is included. You're right. Otherwise, it would have been Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's mine. I have a list. And actually, I could have just trolled the hell out of you guys and gone with the best Christmas movie of all time, Die Hard. Die Hard, which is in one day. That's the one I thought you were... (laughs) (laughs) I knew that's where you thought I was going. That's so funny. It's Groundhog Day for me. I mean, that's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I love Bill Murray. I'm self-professed about that. You guys know this, but... I just think it's an incredibly well done movie. Great idea. Very, very different. And yeah, it's just crushed. Like you could never remake that movie. 
No one's no. going to remake Groundhog no. Day. That no. movie was done. It was perfect. It's great. It's awesome. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good enough hot take, man, because there's so many better movies that take place. Then I think it's a perfect hot take because you disagree with me. Yes, you have, die to, argue, hard, you have to argue it. Die Hard, you mentioned it. Mine is Training Day, which is exceptional. And Denzel and Washington, Josh's, the greatest actor on the planet. That's mine as well. I knew oh, that would Training be, Day I knew. is fantastic. I knew that would be All right, look. In, in the movie Groundhog Day, you have a time loop, so you have sci-fi. You have a love story with him and the girl where it doesn't work a bunch of times, and then finally it does. You have him doing a Rocky-esque training montage to learn new skills, i.e. playing the piano when he gets famously good at that by the end of the film. You have an awesome furry sidekick with the groundhog. Punxsutawney Phil. Punxsutawney Phil. You have... Uh, slapstick comedy, you have like, oh my God, I have to get out of this. Like my, my mind is breaking down. You have phenomenal heart and you have an exploding truck. That's nice. All in one movie. That's, That's nice. cool, but do you have Denzel Washington bending back and chugging an entire bottle of vodka in the front seat of the car? <laughs> you do not. Hold no, on. Jake Hoyt, Ethan Hawke's character in Training Day, this is his day over a 24-hour period. Number one, he, I'm not going to number these. I'm just going to go through them. <laughs> way too many, way too many things. He eats an early breakfast with, with Denzel Washington. He busts some college kids for weed. He smokes angel dust. He saves a girl from crackheads. He busts Snoop Dogg. He busts Macy Gray. He, meet, he meets the biggest drug dealer in Los Angeles. He hangs out with uh, Denzel Washington's kid. He meets the three wise men that run the LAPD. He kills the biggest drug dealer in LA. He's there. He doesn't actually kill him. Uh, he gets left at a house in East LA to die. He survives and gains their respect. He walks into Imperial courts. He wins a fight with Denzel Washington and then he goes home. That's all in one day. Dude, that is literally impressive, but a fraction of the things that occur in Groundhog Day. It's not about number of things. It's about importance of things. It's why I, but you were going to number them first. That's and why you said I didn't, there's too many number. things. I, I don't want to number them. I didn't number them. I was just coming at y'all with Ferris Bueller's Day Off because, I mean, that's just a legendary movie. Let's be real. All right. The, the best part of that movie, and I know it it's set up this way, but is when they get to the end and he's trying to put the car in reverse to take the mileage back off. Yeah. And he realizes it doesn't work. Yep. Here's why... Ferris Bueller Day Off. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ooh, I, are you okay? <laughs> do I have a stroke? Am I okay? Um, here's why Ferris Bueller's Day Off is problematic. Oh, Lord. I have a whole bunch of reasons. Oh no! All right, in the movie, his sister leaves for school at seven forty-five in the morning. We're just going to timestamp this real quick, okay? Okay. Seven forty-five. Why are you ruining this for all of us, Josh? People need to know. <laughs> at the end of the movie, Sloane looks at her watch and it's six p.m. So now we have basically from eight to six to make the following things happen. Number one, uh, Ferris calls Cameron. I'm not going to number these again. Ferris calls Cameron. <laughs> he drinks by the pool before Cameron arrives at 9 a.m. Uh, they call to trick Ed Rooney to bring Sloan outside. That's 10 a.m. They live in the, in the outskirts of Chicago, so that's probably at least an hour to get in from the suburbs to downtown Chicago. So now we're at 11 a.m. Please stop. It, like, it's this a movie. Is, you're already... It's just, a movie. Oh my god! You think you're like the person that's like that's not that would never happen. You think a groundhog is real? <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! Oh, that came out totally wrong. That came out totally wrong. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna put this up on the poll. Uh, totally you guys wrong. go ahead and vote. 
on which movie? Real. On which movie you think is going to win this? It's Groundhog Day versus Training Day. Put it up on the poll. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Have a great second of my own. From Haley the Bear, producer Josh, Ryan from Miami. I'm Chris Young. We'll see you guys again next week. You think a groundhog is real? real? (laughs) Such conviction. She believed every word that she was saying just then. It was incredible. (laughs) That's not how I wanted it to come out. Can we put that on a poll? Is a groundhog real? (laughs) I hate everybody.